Oh Lord God, teach us how to pray and give us greater faith to trust you even when your answer is no. For Jesus' sake, amen. Grace to you and peace from the Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, amen. Two young boys were spending the night at their grandparents' house. And at bedtime, the two boys knelt beside their beds to say their prayers. The youngest one began praying at the top of his lungs. I pray for a new bicycle. I pray for a new Xbox. I pray for a new iPhone. His older brother kind of nudged him and and said, uh, uh, you know, um, why are you shouting your prayers? I mean, God isn't deaf, you know. To which the little brother replied, yeah, but grandma is. You know, oftentimes when we pray, we may wonder if maybe God is deaf because we don't receive an answer, we think, or at least not the answer that we desired. And yet God has promised that if we call upon Him, He will answer us. However, we often forget that no is an answer. No is an answer. Today we're completing our 40 days of prayer emphasis in our congregation, and the theme for this final sermon is when God says no. How do we deal with that? Now let's be clear. God promises to answer all of our prayers prayed in faith. In Jeremiah 33.3, God says, Call to me and I will answer you. God answers our prayers, but he always answers them in the way that he knows is best for us. And sometimes God's answer is no. You know, there are many examples in the Bible where God said no to some of the great people of faith that we think about. At times, God said no to the likes of Abraham, Moses, Daniel, Job in the midst of his terrible suffering, Jonah when he wanted revenge on the Ninevites, Peter heard no, and of course, St. Paul himself heard no. In fact, St. Paul writes about his experience of getting a no from God in his second letter to the Corinthians in chapter 12. Listen to how he describes his experience. He says, to keep me from becoming conceited because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. We don't know exactly what this thorn in the flesh was that that Paul wrestled with. There have been various speculations about it, evidently some kind of physical challenge, And Paul asks God three times to take it away, 
and got a no each time. Along with the comforting words, my grace is sufficient for you. And if you think about it, even Jesus received a no from his heavenly father when he prayed in the garden of Gethsemane. And what was Jesus' response? Thy will be done. So this morning, let's begin by considering some of the reasons that God might say no to us. Now, of course, there are probably infinite number of reasons that God would say no in His infinite wisdom. Who knows the mind of God? But let's consider some possible reasons He might say no. Now, as I say this, one word of caution. While I'm giving these to you as words of comfort for you, if you know someone who is right now in the middle of a crisis, these not, might not be the first words that you say to them. When someone is in a crisis, they don't need words of advice. They need the comfort of someone's love and presence. Sometimes just sitting silently is the best thing you can do. But nevertheless, let's talk about some reasons God might say no. First of all, God says no when he has a bigger perspective. You know, one of the characteristics or the attributes of God is what we call omniscience. That is, God knows all things. He sees all things. And from his perspective, he sees the big picture that we cannot see. We only get a glimpse of a little portion of it. God sees everything. In Hebrews 4.13, it says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. And in Proverbs 15, verse 3, The eyes of the Lord are everywhere, keeping watch on the wicked and the good. Sometimes we might think, Gee, is God missing all this evil that people are carrying out in the world? Is He not paying attention? Does He not see all of this? God sees it. He has the big picture. He sees all the details, even the things that we don't see. He has a much bigger perspective on everything that's going on. And from this bigger perspective, sometimes God says no in order to protect us. I mean, you as a parent, would you give your children everything they ask for? There are times when you say no for their good and their protection. Proverbs 2 verse 8 says, The Lord guards the course of the just and protects the way of the faithful ones. Sometimes he says no for our good. Secondly, God says no when he has a better plan than we come up with. When he has a better plan. This is Pentecost Sunday. It's a Sunday when we think about the powerful work of the Holy Spirit in taking the gospel message through people out into the world. We think about mission work going on in various countries around the globe. And on this day, we think about, of course, probably arguably the greatest missionary the world has ever seen, St. Paul himself. St. Paul, when we read about his life, especially in the book of Acts, we understand that he went on at least three missionary journeys to foreign countries to bring the message of a living Savior to the Gentiles, that they might know the Savior and come to faith as well. But it's rather interesting that during his second missionary journey, Paul 
received a very clear no from God because God had a better plan than what Paul had in mind. I want to show you a map of uh, uh, Paul's second missionary journey, the region that you see. The large part in the map is modern-day Turkey. Back then it was known as Asia Minor. The red line traces St. Paul's journey, the second missionary journey, starting on the right in Antioch, traveling to the northwest all the way over to Greece, and then back down to Israel. And as you look at this map of Paul's second missionary journey, I want you to listen to Luke's description of how God says no to Paul because God has a better plan in mind. I'm reading from Acts chapter 16, starting at verse 6. Watch the map. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia. Galatia, you see in the green up there. Phrygia is a little further to the south having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. Asia is over on the left in the yellow section. They weren't allowed to go into Asia on this particular journey. But now watch. It says, when they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia. Bithynia is up in the purple to the north there. Paul and his team wanted to go north up into Bithynia. But the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to go there. So they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas, a little further to the west. And during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. Paul had in mind a plan to go north. God had in mind a plan for them to go west, to go to Macedonia. And they followed God's plan, and they brought the gospel into northern Greece and eventually into the rest of Greece. And this was the entrance of the gospel into Europe and the beginning of a great history of gospel, the gospel message spreading around the known world. Sometimes God says no when he has a better plan in mind. From today's Old Testament reading in Isaiah, we hear God say these words, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. You know, friends, it's always important that we seek the will and the wisdom of God, trusting that even his answer of no fits into a better plan for us than we would come up with on our own. And then thirdly, God says no when he has a greater purpose. God says no when he has a greater purpose. Psalm 57 verse 2 says, I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. Friends, we need to understand God has a purpose for each and every one of our lives, even if we don't see it very clearly ourselves. And he wants to work out his purpose in our life. And faith calls us to believe that God is indeed working out his purpose in our life and that even the problems that God allows to come into our life ultimately do serve 
a purpose, even if we don't see it right away. And so, friends, anytime you're feeling discouraged or down, remind yourself that God has a greater purpose in mind for you. Again, in Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 4, he says, For our present troubles are quite small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us an immeasurably great glory that will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see right now. Rather, we look forward to what we have not yet seen. For the troubles we see will soon be over, but the joys to come will last forever. The night before Jesus was crucified, while in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus asked his Father to take this cup of suffering away from him. And God the Father said no. He said no, for he had a greater purpose in mind. And Jesus yielded to his Father's will. Friends, just stop for a moment and consider the greater purpose of the cross. God's greater purpose. God so loved the world. God so loved people that He accomplished this greater purpose. A purpose that doesn't seem to make much sense to most. That God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. For what purpose? That whoever believes in Him will not perish, will not go to hell, but will have everlasting life. That is the greater purpose of the cross. And if God can do that, then He can do greater purposes for us in our life as well. But what do we do when God says no to our prayers? Three quick takeaways. What to do when God says no to your prayers? First of all, trust that God does everything in goodness and love. He does not mean our harm or our ill. God does everything in goodness and love. Psalm 25:10 says, "All the ways of the Lord are loving." And as St. Paul writes to the Romans in his letter chapter 8, "In all things, not in some things, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose." God is working for our good. And we are to trust that God does everything in goodness and love. I came across a true story about a family from Scotland by the name of Clark. And this family had a dream. It was a husband and wife with their nine children. And they dreamed they wanted to emigrate from Scotland to the United States. And to make that dream a reality... They struggled and scrimped and saved, and they finally managed to accumulate enough money and obtain all the paperwork they needed to take the trip and begin a new life in a new land. Ship reservations were made, and the family was absolutely ecstatic. But then, as often happens, tragedy struck. Seven days before they were to leave, the youngest of the children, a little boy, was bitten by a dog. Now, the bite wasn't all that serious, 
The doctor stitched the lad up in no time at all. But the tragedy was that the doctor also had to hang a yellow sign on the Clark's front door. The yellow sign warned everybody to stay away, that there was a possibility, a very small chance, that the boy had contracted rabies from the bite of the unknown dog. Their ship was to sail in one week, and the family was quarantined for two weeks. They would have to stay behind as their ship and their dreams sailed into the sunset. The father, outraged at what he felt was the unjust, unfair hand that he had been dealt, went down to the pier to stare as this ship set out on its journey. Furious at God, frustrated with his own son, he cried and he cursed. He stomped home in a rather foul mood and he stayed that way too. But then... Only a few days after his vessel had left port, he got word that on April 15th, the very ship which was to have brought them to a new life had been sunk. The Titanic had gone down. And as it disappeared, it had taken the lives of over 1,500 passengers Hearing that news, Mr. Clark's attitude was instantly transformed. Excitedly, enthusiastically, and eagerly, he hugged his dear son. Plainly and powerfully and prayerfully, he thanked his God. Their lives had been spared. Their tragedy had been turned into triumph. See, we need to trust that God does everything in goodness and love, even when we can't see all the whole picture. Secondly, when God says no, pray the prayer of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Not what I will, but what you will. Thy will be done. And then thirdly, when God says no to your prayers, Expect God to give His grace to be able to handle His answer. What did God say to St. Paul? My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And friends, God's grace is sufficient for you and me as well. We've come to the close of our 40 days of prayer emphasis, but I sure hope this is not an ending but a beginning, perhaps a beginning of some brand new habits of prayer. I pray that this series has encouraged you in your own prayer life to make prayer a regular part of every every day of your life. And I want to challenge all of us to go deeper in our prayer life. As I mentioned earlier at the luncheon today, we have our blue prayer doors set up over there And you've been putting prayer requests on there, but today I want to ask you to put up answered prayers. Write down things that you've seen answered over these last 40 days. But I want to challenge us all going forward to pray intently. As members of this congregation, one church worshiping on two campuses, pray for our shared ministry. Pray for an ever-growing sense of unity in our purpose and our mission. 
Pray intently for our school going forward. Pray intently for God's wisdom as we engage in the pastoral call process. And pray intently about our shared mission of leading people to follow Jesus. May God empower all of our prayers and move us to a deeper place in our prayer walk and our life of faith. For Jesus' sake, amen. And may the peace of God, which passes human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.